0: Thank mm-hmm. you. to vantage point podcast we bring insight, keys and perspective to everyday living through the lens of god i'm your host nick and i'm excited you're back with us but let me let me stop for a minute and say something to everybody's listening before we go any further like i appreciate you really really appreciate you for you know if this is your first time like listening to the podcast, I really like appreciate you because right, you taking the time out of your day. First time you've ever listened to us. And that just means so much to us. And so with all the podcasts out there, with all the the messages that are out there that you are literally taking the time uh, to be interested in Vantage Point podcast. And maybe somebody sent you the link or you found it in a search or, or you just tuned in or you've been with us since the beginning really, like I appreciate you. And more than that, I appreciate you for you, right? Whether you believe this or not, I just want to take this moment and say we're connected, right? This podcast, Vantage Point, connects us to each other, and with every episode, I want you to know I'm praying for you, I'm believing with you, and standing in expectation with you for whatever it is you've been going to God for, whether that's in prayer, in your own desires or your heart, whatever it is that we at Vantage Point are believing with you and God has some specific things for you and I believe they will happen for you. I saw something earlier right at September and it said there's still time left in this year for God to move on your behalf. So maybe you've been waiting on something since the beginning of this year, right? Or you left last year, still expecting this year to be your year. It's still time, right? I want you to know that it's still time for God to move in your life. And and I don't want this podcast to ever become just something I do, right? I want you to get as much out of this, if not more than I do, right? This journey has, has allowed me to be closer to God, his word, his spirit, and more so his people. I get to literally with this podcast, I get to reach people all over the globe with the gospel of Jesus. And it's not something that I take lightly. And when I say we're providing insight, keys, and perspective, my prayer is every episode is that you're getting insight into keys that unlock perspective for transformation in your life. I'm going to say that again. My prayer is that you get insight that leads you to keys that unlock perspective For transformation in your life. And I think that's why this series is so important and and why God had me wait to do it because there's some things that I personally needed to go through to really uh, be reminded of in my own walk, in my own journey, in my own Purpose Road to present it to you. And if you haven't heard part one of Purpose Road, I'm encouraging you stop this episode right now Go listen to part one. Uh, it was Purpose Road Detours. You don't want to miss it. And, and because this series is truly a building series where each episode builds on. On the previous, as we really look into the life and journey of the Apostle Paul. And I mentioned it last episode that this series, uh, and quite honestly, this entire season of Vantage Point centers around the life of Paul in some way, uh, shape, or fashion. And so this episode, uh, I want to get a little bit deeper into his life and kind of get into his story a little bit and focus on where. Paul began. Right, we know that he was Saul before Paul, and I want to get into that story and that journey of his life. And so, for episode two of Purpose Road, the title is Damascus, and I want you to go to Acts chapter nine, one through fifteen. That's where we're going to spend this episode today. And again, Acts nine one through 15 and it says now Saul was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of Jesus he went to the high priest and with crusted letters from him to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any men or women who belonged to the way which means Jesus Christ he might bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem right and as he traveled he was and was nearing Damascus a light from heaven suddenly flashed around him Falling to the ground, he heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul said, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting, he replied. But get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the sound but seeing no one. Saul got up from the ground, and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they took him by hand and led him into Damascus. He was unable to see for three days and did not eat or drink. And there was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, here I am, Lord, he replied. Get up and go to the street called Straight, the Lord said to him, to the house of Judas, and as for... And as for a man from Tarsus named Saul, since he is praying there, in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and placing his hands on him so that he may regain his sight. Lord, Ananias said, I have heard from many people about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jeru- Jerusalem, and he has authority here from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, for this man is my chosen instrument to take my name to Gentiles, kings, and Israelites. Again, verse 15, but the Lord said to Ananias, go, for this man is my chosen instrument to take my name to Gentiles, kings, and Israelites. And it's so interesting when we kind of go, when we go through this story of of Paul's conversion, because ultimately this is Paul's salvation, right? Because Paul is actually before Paul, he's Saul, and he's a Pharisee. And, and what you see him doing at the beginning of this scripture is he's threatening and murdering disciples of Jesus Christ. Essentially, the religious leaders of the time were against the message of Jesus Christ, right? He they believed he was sent by God, but they did not believe he was the son or the resurrected son of God. And so Paul was in that group of people who persecuted people, persecuted others for believing in the teachings of Jesus Christ. And so we see Paul on his way to Damascus, right? He is literally on his way. He has approval and authority to go into Damascus and arrest people, men and women, who are believing in jesus christ right and and that takes me to um our first point really and and as we dig into this a little more i want you to understand that one of the things that's so vital with this story and as we look at the story of paul we're gonna see a lot of ourselves in this story right we're gonna see a lot of our own journey And, and the first part of this uh episode and the first part of this this journey that we're gonna look at is this Paul was committed before Damascus, right? And it's it's easy for us, you know, when we are going through our salvation and we talk about where we were before Jesus, right? And we talk about we were just out there in the world, we were lost, we were doing all these types of things. But the truth of the matter is we were committed, right? There was a commitment level that we had. We might not have been murdering Christians like Paul, but we were doing other things. We were attached and dedicated and committed to, To so many other things that we thought that that was a purpose road for us right we thought these are the things that i'm supposed to be doing or these are the things i'm choosing to do but literally on his way to damascus he has an experience and isn't that like god to Take us from that past, right? Take us from what we were committed to and align us into something different. And even when you look at it in the midst of those of things, right, we we can agree with that first point, right? Because when we read the scripture again, Paul was committed. His past life, he was in that thing. He, he was threatening, like you said, in the first few verses of chapter 9 he was getting approval and authority to go do what he thought his purpose was online in this world. He thought his purpose was to rid the world of believers of Jesus Christ. That was his goal. That was his purpose road in his mind. Right. And even while he was doing that, he think about it. He represented what the world looks like. Right. We think we're, so committed to other things, we think we're so dedicated to other things and other ways that we do things that we get so focused on that, that's all we see. And that, you know, we think about a detour, and we talked about that last week, that not every detour is inherently bad, but there are detours that take us off the path, right? But there's funny how even though he was on the wrong path, right? He was on his way to do something that wasn't aligned into the purpose of God. He was on the right path to have an encounter with, with Jesus Christ. And if you really think about it, that's what we look like sometimes, right? We think we're doing like, okay, this is what he has me to do, right? And we're doing that thing or that job or that school. And we're saying, we're doing this. This is what God has for me. But at that same moment, there's a there's a Damascus Road experience that we have. There's something that shifts our thinking into that very thing in that very moment that we have an encounter with God, right? And so when you think about that, you know there was um, so much going on there, and, and I'm so thankful that you know what God has given me because there was so much you know going on. Like I, I wasn't out there thinking about reaching God's people right? I was thinking of providing, I was thinking of making a name for myself. I was thinking of doing all those things. And at the interesting moment, when I had this complete 180 of repentance, that God started to project and and shift and align me on a road that had everything to do with him and had nothing to do with me. And what ultimately that happened is, it's, it's, it's the same thing when it happened to Paul. like And that, that gets me into point two. Paul was met in the moment of Damascus, right? We know Damascus is a city, but a lot of times you hear it in church, you know, someone had a Damascus experience. They're referring to Paul. They're referring to this thing that he's had in this moment in his life that <clears throat> he has come to this moment of decision. He has come literally to a crossroad where his past and his present are intersecting to his future. Right. That's exactly what we see. Right. And so Jesus appears to him and it says, it goes, go back into the scripture and it says it in verse three, it says, as he traveled, and was nearing Damascus, he hadn't made it to his committed destination yet, a light from heaven suddenly flashed around him and he fell to the ground and heard a voice say, why are you persecuting me? And he immediately knew who it was. Who are you, Lord, said, Saul said. I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Like, think about that. He literally has this moment on this road that he encounters a resurrected Jesus Christ. And and if you really put it together, Jesus is addressing Paul when he was at his worst. And it was at that point that he was saved and resurrected from his life of sin. You think about that, right? And even that reminds me of Romans 5 and 8 that says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like he came to Paul in the moment he was still a sinner. He hadn't became Paul yet. He hadn't written two-thirds of the New Testament yet. He hasn't he hadn't planted churches yet. He hadn't been a spiritual overseer for churches yet. He was still he was on his way to murder Christians. When God met him, where has God met you when you were on your way to? Think about that for a minute. He was on his way to Damascus, going to arrest and possibly murder Christians, believers in Jesus Christ. And at that moment, he was stopped and he witnessed the reality of the very thing he was trying to destroy. And God broke into his life, and he had a transformational moment. Like, this story of Damascus is such an example of salvation in our lives. We are literally stopped in our tracks and led down a different path and set on our true purpose road. At that moment, God recognizes a sinner, and suddenly there's a light around him. And a sinner recognizes the sovereignty of God. A sinner submits and surrenders to God's will. That sinner is told specifically what to do, arise and go to the city. Paul talks about this in Corinthians as the beginning of a new life in Christ. And that Christ is the focal point of this experience. See, he saw Jesus for himself. He recognized him as Lord. He admitted his wrongdoing. He surrendered his life and he made a plan to obey. See, genuine change comes from an individual, genuine experience with Jesus Christ. And it prompts another life to have a relationship with him. And, and see, that's what leads to real transformation. That's what leads to the awesomeness that we see that awesomeness that we can experience when it comes to Jesus Christ. There is so much to go on and on about. But if we really just look at this Damascus road experience, that's all it boils down to. It's a sinner recognizing a savior and a savior saving a sinner. That's the power of Damascus because see, I don't care where you are. Let me let me share this with you. I don't care how successful you are. I don't care what accolades you have. I don't care where the the trajectory of life has taken you. Unless you've had a Damascus Damascus experience, unless you've met a savior that saved you, you're not on purpose road. You're on a road You might be on prosperity road, you might be on success road, you might be on, um, you know, accolade road, you might be on one of those streets. But unless you had a Damascus experience, unless you are a sinner that met a savior and a savior that saved you, you're not on purpose road. Because see, Paul believed that he was persecuting blasphemers, but he was actually oppressing Jesus himself. And a lot of the times we think we're doing something for God, but in actuality, we're against God because we think we're doing it on our own or we're doing it in our own power. And I'm telling you, unless you've met the risen Savior of Jesus Christ and he's come into your life and changed you, Purpose Road has not begun for you yet. You might still be dealing with detours. You may not quite be there yet, and that's okay because he can get you there. And that's what's so powerful about point three. God sees Paul after Damascus. And I want you to think about that. The last, One of the last verse 11 says, go over to Straight Street, the house of Judas, and when you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. See, when Paul started the journey of Damascus, To Damascus, he was an enemy of the gospel. He was seeking to stop it and snuff it out, kill it wherever he could. But if there's one thing on this road that we can learn, it doesn't take much for God to change somebody's direction. And God saw Paul after Damascus. What do I mean by that? He saw his future. He saw Paul beyond Damascus. God knew, Jesus knew, Paul was on his way to kill Christians. He knew that. He was on his way to arrest Christians. He knew that. But he looked beyond that and he focused on afterwards. He sent him someone in in the person of Ananias to help him, right? He started out as an enemy. He encounters God and he arrives at Damascus. He still got to the destination, mind you, but not to accomplish what he set out to do. He actually became the very thing he was going to stop because, see, God sees us after the fact. He's not focused on that, what you've done or where you were on your way to do. He sees you at that very moment of what you're doing. And what does that mean? What what does that all boil down to? I want you to think about this. And I've said this before. Think about the worst person you could possibly think of doing the worst thing that you could possibly think of doing. A lot of the times when I think about it, I think about Paul murdering Christians, not just regular people, like Christians. All murder is bad, but he's like murdering Christians. Like, Think about that. He's murdering Christians. And God still used him. God still had a plan for him. God still changed his heart. Because, see, his his conversion, Paul's salvation, didn't come by hearing somebody talk about the gospel. He already knew what they were talking about. That's the reason he was persecuting them. His transformation and his salvation came from a personal encounter that changed his life. Because, see, it's powerful to share the gospel, but it's best we because we're going to plant in water. But it's God that gives the increase that makes the message of the gospel come alive. And what does this all boil down to even as we close this episode out? Here's point four. And this is something to hold on to you that I want you to hold on to. And I hope it gets a hold of you. Because even as we go into episodes three, four, and five, you're gonna remember this statement and you're gonna remember point four. Point four is this: God is not worried about your past. He cares about He cares about you in the present, and He has plans for your future. I'm gonna say that again. God is not worried about your past. He cares about your present and has plans for your future. That's the power of Damascus. That's the power of that experience. That's the reason it exists. That's the only re- that's the reason why it starts you on a purpose road because here's the crazy part about it. Look at Paul at the end of this. He doesn't have everything yet he has a transformed heart and an obedient spirit that's what he has at the end of this Damascus experience he's never preached before he's not been anything like in that what what we what we're going to read in him doing what we're going to see him doing what we know that he did he hasn't done any of that yet but he has a transformed heart and he has an obedient spirit Let me ask you this. What can God do with a transformed heart of a sinner and the obedient spirit of a sinner? We're going to find out here very soon. And I'm encouraging you. Think about that. If you've been worried about your purpose, if you've been seeking and not knowing where you're going in this world, God is not worried about what you've done. He cares about you right now. And he has a plan and a purpose For your future, and it doesn't matter who you are. Because if he can take someone like Paul, if he can take someone like a Noah, if he can take someone like a Peter, if he can take someone like an Abraham, if he can take any of these people and he can use them, what could he do with you? There's power in Damascus. There's power in that experience and that transformation. Salvation is the first step. And even as we close, there might be people listening to this. You don't even, you don't know Jesus. Maybe you are Paul. Maybe you're on, you're, maybe you're on that way to Damascus. Maybe you're on your way to do something. But I'm encouraging you today that God is not worried about what you've done. He cares about you in this moment. And if you give him a chance, he has a plan for your future. I want to pray for everybody that's listening, and I want to give you encouragement. And I want you to just even say this prayer after me. It says, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I ask that you come into my life. I know I'm not perfect. I've sinned. I may have even sinned against you. I'm hurting and I need you. I'm a sinner that needs a savior. I believe you died, rose, and was lifted into heaven. And I believe with my heart and my mind that you are the the son of the living God. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'm telling you, you just made the first step in your purpose road. Now you're on that journey. Now there's so much that God is going to unveil to you and reveal about your purpose. Stay connected to Vantage Point. Get into your word. If you need help, reach out to us. We're going to be right here. We're going to come back again with more episodes of this series. I want you to stay connected to us because there's much more on this road. I'm going to say it. This is just the beginning. There's more and more and more to this road, so I encourage you, stay connected with us on Vantage Point, and remember, keep seeking insight, keys, and perspective to everyday living through the lens of God. It's going to change your life and your world. God bless.